Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Becoming CEO AF podcast. I'm your host, Kimba Garcia. And I am your co-host, Amanda Bell. And today, we have a very special guest with us, Miss Jody Sampson. Jody, thanks for being here today, girl. No problem. I'm excited to be here. So, audience, I want to give you guys a little bit about the reason that I asked Jody to come on this podcast, right, is what I want to start with. And then I want to open it up and just ask you to tell them a little bit about yourself in your own words. And then we're going to jump into really the story and, and some of the details. So this is going to be a really great one, especially for moms, parents, um, right? Those of you guys out there that have little people walking around the planet are probably really going to just need to get your Kleenexes together. I'm going to just prepare myself <laughs> for that too. Um, just because Jody has such an interesting story. So over the last almost year, nine months uh, to be exact, Jody and I have been connected on social media because we're both females in the roofing industry. So what I like to call shingle ladies, yes. okay? Um, here in DFW, so to where you're more on one side of the Metroplex, I'm more on the other side of the Metroplex. We connected on social media and I started following you just because you look like a badass chick on roofs, right? <laughs> so it was like, fun, these are my people. Um, so absolutely love that. But very shortly after becoming friends with you on social media, your oldest son was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched you, I think the day that I absolutely fell in love with you as a whole human um, was the day that you posted that you shaved your head yes. to, um, to do that with him. Yes. And from there, I really watched um, from the mother's heart and from the perspective of having a son that same age, right? Mm -hmm. Of having a son that's a sophomore, uh, mine's 15. And watching you and your son from the aspect of social media, go through what y'all did together has been very inspiring for me and I'm sure hundreds if not thousands of other people. I've appreciated you being vulnerable, sharing your journey the way that you have. I'm sure everybody else on social media agrees and that's why I asked you to do this podcast. Jody's never done a podcast before y'all and I'm like, girl, this is a story um, and a recent story, right? As we jump into this recent story, um, that she's sharing and telling. So I'm just grateful that you even, that you've had the courage not just to get yourself through this, to get your son through this, but to share this with the world, I think is just extremely courageous and incredible. So I appreciate Thank it so much. Thank you. I feel like neat people need to know and sharing information, that's how we learn. Yes, I love that. So Jody, tell us a little bit about you, girl. Like, where'd you grow up? Where do you come from? Like, what girl, do you do for fun? I raise children for fun, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I grew up in the same small town that I live in. There are 700 people in the town. When I say small town, I graduated with 20 people. Oh, wow. And I know all those people still. <laughs> Which is super cool. And um, my husband and I met whenever we were both in the service industry. We have been married for 16 years now. Yes, 16 years. And together we have four kids. I have two Great Danes. Oh, big dogs. Um, my youngest is six and he is feral so not only do we have the big giant dogs we have the feral six-year-old <laughs> and the quirky 16 year old and my husband works in the oil field so he's gone a lot mm -hmm. and so for a long time it was just me and Trent because there's 10 years difference between him and the youngest one. Oh wow so because my husband was gone he was my buddy that we did everything with like yeah. if we did something we would travel to go see dad on oil rigs and various locations and he was my my riding buddy oh, I, I love that, that. so you've always been extremely close yes very much so I love that so let's jump into Jody if you don't mind which is hard to even ask you to talk about is the truth but the reason why I wanted to bring you on the podcast was to show people 
it is CEO AF to stay strong in adversity, right? <laughs> like, and when I saw that, I was like, that just screams that to me. So do you mind walking us through kind of finding out that news of like, where did that start with Trent, where you guys knew something was wrong and, and you went in and, and you guys found out what you were what you were up against? I remember the exact day and time. I know the client's house I was in because we were redoing their exterior and we were going over scopes and... um. He had complained about back pain for a while, and he was in Ninja Warrior training, so I figured, okay, well, maybe it's from a fall yeah. that he took, and so we took him into his doctor, and she was like, well, it could be a sports injury. And so um, I was at a client's house, and my husband had called and texted and I listened to the voicemail because he knew I was at a client's house, and he was like, hey, I'm taking Trent to the emergency room. And I was like, okay, well, my clients were like, is everything okay? And I told them what was going on. And they were like, you need to leave. You need yeah. to like go to the hospital. I'm like, it'll be fine. They were like, no, you need to go to the hospital. And yeah. so I did. And whenever I went in, they were doing a CT scan. Uh, they got the results back and said that he had a seven centimeter um, mass in his abdomen. And I was like, you're talking centimeters, not millimeters. So that's a good size. Yeah. And from there, they said, we're sending him to Cook's. And I called my boss out in the parking lot. I'm like, hey, so I'm not going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to clear my schedule for the next couple of days because yeah. I don't know what's going on. And they were like, whatever you need, just let me know. So you guys, so you guys went over to Cook's um, and they did more tests. And then that's when they told y'all that it was, in fact, cancerous. Yes. Yes, they did a CT scan. They found the big mass in his abdomen. They found um, a couple of more. It had spread, and we um, had an emergency surgery to put in a pore and take out one of them that was more accessible so they could do biopsies. And then uh, they came back. I think our first visit down there, we were down there for four days, and they said it was germ cell tumors. And, of course, the first thing I do is Google it, right? Yeah. But I'm not the type of person that whenever you Google something and it says, oh, it's cancer, and I don't, oh, my gosh, no. It's more of, okay, let me find out find out as much as I can about what this is. Yeah. And at first it says rare. And I'm like, oh, great, of course. <laughs> of course we get the rare one. Yeah. But my sister-in-law works at a children's hospital in Dallas, and she's like, it's really not. I'm like, but you see it all the time. Yeah. So feels super rare when it's your kid. Yeah, and when you have never met anyone that has ever had this sort, it wasn't like leukemia where you're like, sure. oh, I know people that have had that or, you know, something else. I was like, oh, well, this is totally new. I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, I didn't either. I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, so that's – so what was the started. what was that emotional response for both you and Trent? Like, did y'all did do you immediately go to a place of a fear or hope or what or what kind of happens we in went that straight moment? to humor? Okay, <laughs> I love that. So like, whenever they said you have a mass, and Trent was like, "So are you saying I have cancer?" And I'm like, "Well, maybe." Nah. And the doctor was like, "Yeah, kind of." <laughs> <laughs> And, like, school had just ended that day because it was on May 26th of last year. So he had just ended freshman year? Just ended his freshman year. And I'm like, wow, buddy, that's a hell of a way to uh, end the year Yeah. with cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And so that's that's the only way we were able to handle it is with humor. I love that. So then moving into treatment options, right? Because mm-hmm. he did, he had long, beautiful hair too. Trent, Trent also seems to, I've never got the pleasure of meeting him yet. This is our first time to meet in person, but he yes. had down to his shoulders. He would wear yes. the beanies with his hair down and you could just tell a cool kid, just oh, a super cool He's kid. But then cool. he had to lose the hair. Yeah. yeah. And that was the biggest thing is uh, the first thing he asked the oncologist was, am I going to lose my hair when they started talking about chemo? Because Trent, um, he always hid behind his hair. He wore his hair like his suit of armor. Mm-hmm. Like it protected him from everything. And he's also blind in one eye. So the eye that he couldn't see out of, that's where his hair would always come across his face. Oh. And so whenever they said, yeah, you're going to lose your hair, whenever we started talking chemo, I was like, I got you, buddy. Don't worry. We're going to buy all the wigs we can. We're going to buy all the hats we can. Yeah. It'll be fine. How was that actual experience for him when it came time for it to – because it started falling out, right? And he started noticing it, and it got to a point where it was best to just shave it off. He came – it broke my heart. He came into the kitchen, and he was like, Mom, there's hair all over my pillow. Mm. And I was like, okay. He goes, where are the clippers? I go, do you want me to do it? And he said, no. He didn't want me to cut it for him. He didn't want me to see him. Whenever he finished cutting his hair, he walked out of the bathroom, and his bathroom's directly across from the, I mean, the bathroom is directly across from his bedroom. And he walked from the bathroom door directly into his room and closed the door. And I went and knocked on the door, and I was like, hey, is there anything you need? And he just said, no. I'm going to be here for a minute. Yeah, I'm sure that just took some time to process. Yeah. And then for you, how long after that happened until you took the clippers to your head yourself? Um, About 45 minutes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, that was fast, fast, girl. Because I told him in the beginning, I'm like, if you, whenever you start losing your hair, I'll shave my head too. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you don't have to do that. And I was like, I will though. Like, yeah. I will be there with you 100% no yeah. matter what. We're doing this together. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And that, um, so that's why I fell in love with Jody on Facebook is mm-hmm. because I saw that and I'm like, girl, that, um, that is some power. And that's what I, what I really wanted to talk about, I guess, mostly on this podcast because both you and Trent, I mean, as a woman, let's, let's say we all hide behind our hair a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big part of all of our appearance, especially yeah. as women. Yeah. Um, but even males that have long hair um, for Trent. And so that was one of the the powerful things that I knew that there was probably just something cool in here because going through something like that to be, to have to go out in public, not having your hair, to have to not hide behind, for lack of better words, hide behind the shield of the identity and of our reflection and of ourself that we're used to. It does, I would imagine, have a change in confidence personality perception of the world perception of how you're treated by other people mm-hmm. so would you mind sharing a little bit about y'all's journey of going through I, I love that you guys had each other to go through that right but there probably there were probably times when you were the bald woman out walking around that didn't have your kid next to you and nobody really knew what was going on at all yeah and that was totally okay because yeah. I didn't care what other people thought I knew what the reason for my lack of hair was yeah and if someone wanted me to ask me about it I would be more than happy to tell them 
But whenever I would go to the grocery store, I'm sure I got looks, but I'm too focused on what I'm there for. I love that. I've got things to do. So if you want to say something, that's totally fine. If not, that's cool. I just get out of the store faster. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that bold approach. The only time that I had issues with anyone saying anything, like everyone was super supportive. The only time I had issues was on the fabulous interwebs sure when people would say oh you look like a boy on one of my videos and I'm like that's that's okay I get that because I literally dressed up as my brother for Halloween (laughs) so I know yeah (laughs) mission accomplished yeah (laughs) not wrong you're not wrong and so if people had anything to say I would be like i then made another video about to the one person that said I look like a boy. That was the first one. I was like, okay, well, here's the reason if you care to know. Yeah. And there was one guy that had said it and responded, and he was like, oh, well, mad respect if that's true. I was like, first of all, who would make up a story like that that's terrible? Yeah. And second of all, there is no mad respect because just before you knew the reason, you were being hateful. So, mm-hmm. Like, you can't respect me now after you already were mean. Yeah, no, that's, thank you. That's I, I don't need that. Yep. It's like, you needed to apologize for yourself because you were yeah. ugly. And I think that's just such a great reminder of, you know, we don't know what other people are going through. We don't know what's going on in their life. But it is so quick to look, judge, assume, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And underneath that, that person is a warrior in disguise. And you have no idea what they're I over there walking no through. no idea. And that's one thing that I try to teach my kids is, People have bad days. If someone's crappy to you, that doesn't mean that it's about you. They could have had something happen at home before they went to school. Right. And you just never know. You never know what anyone else is going through. Yep. I love that. And you just really were able to go through that with such poise and compassion throughout all of 2022. It's been, um, well, into 2023 as well. So that's been really great to see. Um, so now this week, the exciting news is Trent had a surgery. Yes. Well, he's actually had two surgeries. Um, the first one was in October. They took out his abdominal tumor, which had grown twice its size from when we first found it, which was terrifying. And they took out most of the lymph nodes in his pelvis because that's where it goes to next is the lymph nodes. And that one was a five and a half hour surgery. They split him open straight down the middle and laid him out. And so he's got a wicked scar from it. Super yeah. cool. Yeah. Super cool. Super, Super cool. cool scar. Way to go, Trent. Yeah. Way to go. Yes. <laughs> that one was a pretty hard recovery. It took because they had cut through all his abdominal muscles and that's like yeah. your core. That's what you mm-hmm. use to sit up. Right. And um, so this last one was last Thursday. And it was a very scary one because the ones in his chest were hugged up against, like, major arteries and vessels Mm -hmm. coming off his heart. And so Mm -hmm. they had to, like, carefully peel those off. And uh, there was one that I was – it was actually stuck in between the two left lobes of your lungs. So you have, like, upper lobe and a lower lobe. Mm -hmm. And there was one shoved up in that crease. That's why I said you have so much room, more room for activities like yeah. breathing. Yeah. Those are out you have now. more room for activities. So Trent just watched Step Brothers for the first time. <laughs> and after surgery, she shared 
with us before the podcast that after surgery she told him you have so much more room for activities in there like breathing like breathing <laughs> and uh and he didn't he didn't get the joke so he had to go home and watch Step Brothers. <laughs> yes <laughs> which I just thought so have what differences, I guess, have you seen in Trent or noticed in Trent going through something this profound at his age? Well, the wild thing is whenever 2022 started out, like in January, he was going through a serious depression. Mm-hmm. So we were talking like uh, self-harm and suicidal ideation and just a real heaviness. And so whenever like there was a pause in between that and the cancer, and so whenever we found out he had cancer, I'm like, oh, this could go one of two ways. Yeah. It could go really, really, really good, or it could go really bad. Mm-hmm. And he went for the higher, I love that. more like, you know, this is, this is something that I'm going to go through, and it's going to be okay, and new outlook on life. And he is a totally different person right now from where he was last year at around this time. I love that. And it's so funny because Amanda and I have been talking a lot about, because something that her and I believe very thoroughly is one, that um, life is eternal, that this is just a a snapshot of what we have going on in this vessel and in this body. Um, And the second is that we believe that we all come here, all of our souls come here with a a purpose Mm -hmm. to fulfill. We call Mm -hmm. that a soul contract. And we were talking the other day about how sometimes, because the soul wants to develop, right, that Mm -hmm. we choose to come into circumstances or challenges that would grow the soul, even Mm -hmm. if it harms the body or even if it feels obviously like something that you wouldn't have chosen. You wouldn't have, your personality wouldn't have consciously chosen to go through this. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I look at y'all's story from my belief system, I see two very powerful souls that chose something that's challenging to go through together. And I love that it's put Trent into a place where he is holding on to that higher vibration, probably yes. even seeing the strength in himself in a whole new way. Yes. And that's something that he's going to be able to hold on to in this lifetime forever. Yeah. I mean, you just can't even turn away from the strength that it has to, especially at 15 years old, right? to go through something like he went through. And of course, he had a powerful, powerful family and especially mom right next to him every step of the way. But still just, I cannot even imagine going through something that heavy at that age. And yeah. I just love Me that either. he's been able to hold on to that side of it and truly see. Because it sounds like from it that his soul got exactly what it needed out of that experience. Yes. And we have many a time said, you know, if this is what it took to pull him from the place that he was, then so be it. Then we're grateful. Yes. We're grateful. And that was really the thing that I think the listeners, I think y'all needed to hear, right? (laughs) Is that the challenges that you go through out there, your soul chose them for a purpose. And if you allow yourself to ascend with that purpose, right, then it does move. It does move your soul in your your life journey. And you can choose to hold on to the higher vibrations and to grow from it. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what we've seen your family do. So I just think that that is so super cool. And now today as she sits here, we're rocking dreads. And yes. I th- <laughs> so if you're not listening, the short hair. it is not the short hair. So if you're listening um, on one of the on one of the podcast platforms, maybe you can't see her. If you're over on our YouTube channel, then you can see her. Um, and she just has these beautiful dreads. So I was a hairstylist for 10 years. Yes. Right. And um, and I just have been in love with dreads. Just absolutely love them. 
particularly blonde dreads. I don't know if y'all remember when Christina Aguilera had them. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alex over there is like, I do. Yeah. Our podcast producer is like, Christina Aguilera with dreads? Yep. I do yes. remember that. Right? So ever since that, I was like, oh, yeah. That is super cool. I just absolutely love that. Then I saw you pop up on Facebook with your dreads. I was like, this sister right here, though. This girl. Uh, so... Actually, right before the podcast, she let us touch her hair. We're like, we're going to pet you. <laughs> and she let us touch her hair. Um, so why dredge, Jody? What made you What made you choose the dreads? Well, I was also a hair stylist for years. What do we have in common? So <laughs> we were meant to be best friends. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, going through cosmetology school, you do everything to your hair. Yep. And you learn that hair is a very personal thing for some people. You learn that one inch of hair is different for everybody, even though it's the same measurement. (laughs) Yes. Um, Some people are very, very attached to their hair. I never really was because my theory was it always grows back. Mm -hmm. So my hair has been every color of the rainbow, every length now since I've shaved it. Yep. And um, I... My hair is naturally dark brown, and so whenever it started growing out, everyone's like, oh, I didn't realize your hair was that dark. I'm like, yeah, because no one's seen it yeah. <laughs> in years. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, we got to be blonde again. So I bleached it back out, and I was like, that's fun, but it's at this weird stage. Mm-hmm. And I saw someone else with dreads, and I was like, why not? Yeah. I mean, I've got wigs. Now I've got dreads, I've had extensions, and so why not? If I don't really have to fix my hair for a week, sick, because having (laughs) short hair means you have to fix it more than you would have if it was long. And I was like, oh. I got to tell you, so I did the craziest, well, maybe not the craziest thing, because you took clippers to (laughs) yours. But for way less of a good reason, once upon a time ago, when I was a hairstylist, I was at home, and I was having a moment. Y'all know how it is. I mean, I was like 22. I had a moment. So I took the kitchen scissors, tumped my head upside down, and just started Edward Scissorhands and away at that thing. I mean, you want to talk about chunky, choppy, all the things, and it was about two or three inches long when I was done with it, like very short. Then I went in the bathroom, I took product, and it was hot pink, too. So it was hot pink. So Mm -hmm. it was fun. And I just rubbed product in my hands, turned my head upside down, and just, like, started mohawking it up together. Yes. And I had this, I looked up, and I'm like, that does feel like more me. (laughs) Pink mohawk it is. (laughs) And I rocked that from, I kept it short, I rocked it from pink to purple to blue. Um, I went red with, like, a blonde chunk in the front of it for a while. But I wore my hair very short Mm -hmm. for years because it was easy. It was fun. I had had such a great time with it. But you're right. Like, as a hairstylist, you just don't really get attached to hair in the same way because you are just playing with it all the time. You're chopping it off. You're coloring it. You're doing all the things. But I got to say, sister, you are pulling off the dreads. Why, thank you. Pulling off the dreads. In fact, I mean, fan favorite. Like, this has to be the we best hairstylist yet. We could do yours, too. I'm super pumped. So the only thing is, is that um, in your real hair, it's so hard on your hair when you take them out. It's braided in. So what will this hair do? We would just braid it down. Uh-huh. And then rubber band the end. Okay. Yeah, See, I've never done how, the dreads. That's I've never, how the fake ones are That's how the fake ones are installed. 
So I did put in a few for our trip to Tulum. I had just like two oh, nice. extensions in the bottom. Yeah, because I was like, I need to have a cute little blonde dread for oh, yeah. my yoga poses. For your vibes. <laughs> yeah, for my vibes. So like, I was like, I told Amanda, I was like, I can see myself for my birthday on the beach at a yoga retreat and I have a few dreads in my hair. This is what I have. So yeah. let's make it work. Yes. So I love that. Um, I don't know that I'll do a full head, but I do like having some of those extensions in there. They're super cute. I've seen um, where some people have them just partials like in the back. Yep. And and they have their natural hair over it. And that's I'm like, what I like. oh, if my hair was long enough. That's what I did. That's but what I did for the trip. If I did that now, it would be sort of like a dread mullet. Yeah. You have to not, wait for the. It's not the vibe I'm for going for. Yeah. Well, this is crushing it. I mean, she rolled up and I was yeah. like, and you got this cute little thing you've been wearing around your head with him too, like to the hospital yes. when he Trent got out of the hospital. That, that out for me. Oh, he I was like, that. that's you, mom. I was like, okay, let's get it. I love that. So I guess to wrap up here, girl, what is, uh, where's Trent at? today like after surgery how did he feel when he woke up from surgery and they're like hey man we got it all um he he's very chill and yeah. so he was just like cool I'm glad yeah <laughs> like I'm grateful are you kidding me no this is it this is the end this is we're done be excited yeah. <laughs> and he was how just long like, was that surgery I am um, they expected it to be two hours, but it went into four hours. Oh, so what's that like in the waiting room for you? It was killing me. Yeah. Because they didn't know exactly how they were going to do it. They were Because of where they are and because they were hugged up against major stuff, the surgeon said, we're going to try to go in microscopically, and if we can peel those away from those major vessels without it, like, pulling too much on them, I'm like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> he said that we'll do it that way. Um, if not, they were going to have to come back out, pull open his ribs enough to get hands in there. And Ooh. I was like, that's going to be a hard recovery. Please don't do that. Yeah. But they were able to get everything microscopically, which I'm assuming that's why it took extra time. Which is so great. So did they come out to the waiting room and tell you successful surgery? It's gone? Yes. He came out, and the doctor told us, he was like, we got all of them. We got all of it. We're confident because they were rock hard, and one of them was – and I had seen the CT scans. I kind of figured up the measurements where they go in centimeters to inches, and I'm like, oh, it's about the size of a large round grape. And he said – the biggest one was about the size of a squished baseball. And I'm like, oh, that's not a grape. <laughs> no, that's a lot bigger than a grape. That's huge. And then the other two were the size of golf balls. Wow. So they were able to get all of them out. And Trent had requested to get his tumors back in a jar. Wow. And the surgeon said no. <laughs> Trent. <laughs> I'm like, did we think it all the way through though? So where were we taking these things? Apparently just to set them on the shelf Trophies. in his room. I don't yeah. know. Oh but God. I was like, no. And they they don't do that anymore. You cannot take your things with you from the hospital that they take out of you. Um, he asked to have the surgery time-lapsed on his phone. The doctor was like, mm, probably not that either, but I'll take some pictures. Oh. So we did get a couple of pictures. Okay. Trent was bummed that it wasn't more, but I was like, hey, bud, he was kind of kind of busy. Yeah. Like digging stuff out of you yeah. very yeah. carefully. So we are grateful for the two pictures we did get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I would have want to seen them. <laughs> yeah. 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 It wasn't, it wasn't pretty. So what'd y'all do to celebrate? Um, yeah. Nothing yet. Yeah. 
but he's still recovering so yeah whenever um he is fully recovered uh which will probably take about three weeks before Mm -hmm. he can do any physical activity then we'll plan some celebration some party yeah which he is gonna hate and he doesn't even want to be at (laughs) (laughs) like well maybe it could be something he wanted to do but I think it definitely needs to be celebrated it's one of those does need to be I know it's already being celebrated in everyone's heart right now which is really have had so much support and love and positivity and good vibes from everyone so we're gonna have to do something yeah so is this Cook's Children's Hospital just to give a shout out to the doctors there yes. right I just think that's so important because I'm just sitting here feeling grateful I'm like I don't even know who those surgeons were and I'm so grateful for them right now I know <laughs> yes like wherever y'all are great job yes yeah. we had uh Dr. Uffman was the one that did the surgery uh Dr. Albritton and Dr. Carly were his oncologist and Nurse Meg is one of the nurses at the HNO cl- uh, clinic at the hospital, and she's fantastic. The whole team so great. has been amazing. Oh so amazing. Like, anytime I have a question, I get on the MyCook chart, my chart, whatever it is, mm-hmm. on, on the app, and I'm like, hey, guys, I've got a question. Is this going to be okay? Do we need to be concerned? And they are always quick with an answer. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So being in the oncology ward at Cook's Children's Hospital is probably an experience on its own. I know that I spent some time um, in the Parklet burn unit where the kids were at um, over an accident Mm. that somebody that I knew had um, some years ago. And just being on, I'm going to call it a heavy floor at the hospital, if you will, right? Like people aren't in there because they have a cough they're worried about or something. Like, you know, when you're there, everybody there is going through some pretty serious, Serious serious stuff, right? So... What what is the vibe like on the floor on the oncology floor in the Cooks Children's Hospital? The oncology floor in Cooks is Five North Tower, and everyone gets anything that they want up there. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's I fantastic. do too. There is a room full of toys. There is a like they have you know the arts and crafts girl that comes by and we did nerf gun paintings in the hospital one time you dip the nerf darts into paint and then you shoot them at the it was so much fun i was like that is fun fun. wait a minute i need nerf guns at home so that we can do this and it's it's a great floor the nurses up there are all amazing um our child life specialist lauren she is a hoot and she would stop by all the time um, they have a psychologist that'll come in and talk, a therapist, you know, for kids that need to work through some stuff. Cause yeah. that is a heavy, heavy, heavy diagnosis. Yeah. And it's a hard, hard floor to be on because like you said, we're all there for some crappy reason mm-hmm. that no one wants to be there. Yeah. And, uh, the first time we went, we were kind of wandering around and there's this beautiful, beautiful room and I might cry if I say but there's this beautiful room with this beautiful view, and it's it says, like, meditation room or something. I was like, ooh, that place looks chill. Like, how do we get in there? Mm-hmm. And they go, that's reserved for our terminal patients. And I was just like, ooh. Yeah. Run away, run away. Yeah. And you're suddenly grateful to not be allowed in. Yeah. <laughs> then like, it's like, that's okay. I don't need to or want to go in that room. Yeah. It's just a peaceful place for them. And in healing cancer um, and, and in fighting cancer and overcoming cancer, we're seeing studies show more and more that what we'll call on this podcast the vibration of the environment mm-hmm. is truly crucial. So I love hearing that, um, that they're keeping the kids inspired and upbeat. And yeah. even for the ones that 
you know, maybe don't have a, a ton of time in this, in this lifetime, in this vessel, in this body here, they're making sure that that's, the time we have is great. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's all we can do in life, right? right. None of us yeah. know about tomorrow. And I think that being in that situation just must force you to that realization that, man, we got to be grateful for right now and what we have and make the best of this time. For sure. And that's part of what I've learned over this year is, you know what? Why not? Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Every time that, like, Trent would be, um, like, late to school or miss school for something, I'm like, you know what? It's cancer year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a crapshoot anyway, so yeah. let's just let's do what we it. need to do. Yeah, let's embrace it. And yeah. I just, I just love that all together. So I think that we should ask our listeners out there. I know I'm definitely going to be sending prayers to. You said it's Tower Five. Five North Tower is what it's called. Five North Tower at Cook's Children's. I think that we should all collectively send love and light that dire- that direction today to those doctors, yeah. to those kids, those families. Hundred percent, hundred percent, love and light all the way. They need it. Yeah, and that is one of the things, guys, that we also truly believe in um, at CEOAF is our spirituality, regardless of religion, right? So today we just call all light workers, all Christians, all ev- anybody out there connected Great. with love and light. We're sending it to cooks all together collectively, guys, because that's mm-hmm. that's really what's going to bring up the vibration of the world, right? When we start trying to separate ourselves and just start praying together for whatever that looks like and mm-hmm. and sending that energy out to the world is truly so healing yes. and it sounds like those people over there are the perfect recipients for that energy today so i'm so grateful for them and for you jody for coming on and sharing your story no is there any i just want to put you on the spot one more time because you've you've done so well with it to be honest this is our first podcast remember she's completely crushed it. <laughs> Do you have anything that you would say to the people listening out there that maybe they're going maybe they're going through something but maybe they're not, right? Just as it comes to your new perspective and your viewpoint on life, if you had something to just leave everybody with, what would it be? Um just spend less time worrying about what other people think. Mm. Because it's not about them, it's about you. 100%. Boom. I love that. I do. I love that. I love your courage and your wisdom and your bravery. I love your love, not only for yourself, but your children and the people around you. Jody, you are a powerful woman, and I am so grateful to have met Aww, you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Super cool. And everybody out there, if you got anything from Jody's story, which it was super hard not to, super hard not to take anything away from that, do us a favor, share this on social media with your friends, right? Right now, we're just in a time when positivity should be spread online. There's enough the negativity time. going around, right? There's enough There's enough things in life that we don't get to control exactly. to be out there causing pain on purpose. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So, guys, do us a favor. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Spread the message and the joy that Trent has brought to us as an example with his experience that Jody has brought forward with her experience being next to him. We're truly grateful for you, Jody. We're grateful for everybody that tunes into the CEOAF podcast and continues to help us just raise the vibration of the planet. That's what we're here to do. We'll see you guys in the next episode.